Hello and welcome to Women's Biz Global with Annie Gibbons, live streaming into 91 countries around the world via the Everyday Women's Network and our partners Roku and Fire TV. My name is Annie Gibbons, founder and CEO of Women's Biz Global, where we help women accelerate their growth, success and impact by elevating their global brand value and positioning. I have the honour and privilege of interviewing successful women from around the world who inspire us, incredibly inspirational women who help us to raise our gaze towards what is truly possible. And today I am so delighted and super pumped to introduce you to my beautiful guest. Her name is Ali Pepper. Welcome, Ali. Hello, everybody. <laughs> So great to have Ali Pepper here. For those of you who don't know Ali, she is a professional mountaineer. She's an inspirational speaker. She's coming from the Blue Mountains of New South Wales, and she has a lot of exciting news to share with us because she's on the cusp of serious greatness. She has previously reached the summit of Mount Everest. Yes, exactly, Mount Everest. And besides taking people from menopause to menopeaks through her business, Ali Pepper Adventures, she has an incredible project coming up which we are going to discuss on today's show so I'm going to hand it straight over to you gorgeous Ali what's your jam amazing lady what are you all about well I'm about to embark on the biggest project of my life which is to climb all 14 of the world's 8,000 meter mountains without additional oxygen to the true summit in the world's fastest time. <laughs> okay, let's just unpack that for the listeners who've just gone, what? So there's 14 summits, true summits over 8,000 8, meters, and you're going to do all of them without oxygen in... Yep. The fastest time. And so what is the previous fastest time? 16 years. <laughs> 16 years. And what are you going to do it in? Two, just over two years. Oh, my gosh. Two years. And you're just about to start. I think you're launching out tomorrow. So I've grabbed I'm you. I'm flying just tomorrow, yes. <laughs> and so where do you land? Where's your first summit going to be? Yeah, so I land in Kathmandu and I'm going to do some trekking to acclimatise first and then my first 8,000 metre peak is called Dalagiri um, and then that starts the journey. So once I reach the summit of that first peak, that's the official start date for the world record. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so from there actually I'm spending five months away and I'm climbing Makalu next. I might do Lotsi as well in the pool. I'm just going to see how I go, how the body goes. And then I fly to Pakistan to do uh, Nanga Parbat, Gashabram 1 and Gashabram 2. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. While we're all just awestruck with this uh, 
concept that you're actually sharing with us i'd love you to actually just go back and and explain to us how does a woman from the blue mountains obviously there's lots of mountains and you've got beautiful bushwalks there but how did you actually get into mountaineering was it by accident did you always want to be a mountaineer what's the backstory of ali pepper yeah so it's a very good question and i grew up here in the blue mountains but i never knew that there was rock climbing and all these amazing outdoor adventures up here uh when i finished high school i I actually failed my hsc and had i had the opportunity to do outdoor education at school i think my life would have been a little different uh, however, I didn't have that opportunity and I actually didn't discover outdoor recreation until uh, 1999 after a, a journey through India and Nepal, but a spiritual quest uh, where I went to try to find myself. I came home and decided it was time for a proper career and I went to TAFE, uh, local college, and I basically just uh, chose a brochure off the wall because uh, at the time I was a hippie and it read outdoor recreation. And I was like, oh, I love the outdoors. I'm going to recreate myself. And I started that course. Uh, and basically in that course up here in the beautiful Blue Mountains, I learned to rock climb. I learned how to guide people. Uh, the the art of guiding people gave me a lot of self-confidence and self-esteem. And during the time that I was training, uh, one of the instructors asked me, did I want to go to, Nepal, uh, sorry, not Nepal, to New Zealand and do a technical mountaineering course? So at the end of 2000, in December, I went and did a 10-day course in New Zealand. That's when I found my true passion. Uh, and I just, I was in love with mountains i instantly went after that course to climb a mountain called mount aspiring which is really beautiful with one of the students on the course we like we got all our skills and we went off on our own and we summited that mountain and it was incredible i haven't looked back since Incredible, all right. And the fact that it actually gives hopes for those of you who are listening, watching in, thinking I've never been very sporty because I'm doing the maths on this. You were actually about 23, 23 years old. Yes. when you I'm 47. I'm menopausal and proud. <laughs> You're now 47, but you didn't actually discover, oh, my gosh, mountains are my thing to 23. I love the way you actually looked at it with recreation instead of recreation. Um, yes. And then the universe sort of calling you in, saying... I did. I found my life, life path, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go off and it shows that you're an all-in kind of girl right from the beginning so not much has changed obviously with your character because you've then gone and said yep I'll go to New Zealand yes now I'll go and climb a massive mountain and now yes I'm going to make this my entire entire world which shows the Ali Pepper qualities haven't changed over the years that you're like yeah well, I'm going to do it I want to do it all right yes absolutely fantastic so from there uh how do you go from yeah i've done some mountaineering courses and i now go and do the college course in australia that was called tafe you become a, an outdoor guide you have to learn these skills and then how does the journey then evolve that one day talk us through you actually when i'm going to climb the highest mountain in the world mount everest 
Yeah, so I spent a lot of time guiding in South America. So I lived there for three years and I speak Spanish uh, and I did a lot of training in terms of my climbing. I'm going to say I was a climbing bum. So I went to like the University of Mountaineering, so to speak. Uh, I got to a point like climbing and guiding there where when I realized it was time, you know, to go to the Himalaya, I was ready. And that's when I did my first 8,000 meter peak, which was called, which is called Cho'o Uh And actually what ended up happening is my climbing partner stayed in the base camp because he got frostnip and I summited on my own. I went up on my own in 2007. I went to the summit by myself. No one else went that day. I didn't use any bottled oxygen and I made the summit alone and I came back from there. And that gave me this um, burning desire. I felt like I had won the Commonwealth Games and a ticket into the Olympics, which was climbing all 14 8,000ers without oxygen. That's what I wanted to do. That was my dream at the time. But when I came home, I realized like my job is like one of the lowest paid jobs in Australia. And I had no corporate connections. I had no idea how to sponsor that project. And I realized like, I don't know what to do. And I went into like quite a big depression actually because I felt like I had discovered the thing that made me me and I was good at it and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to fulfill my dream. And so I basically decided that if I climbed Everest, uh, it was the highest one that would fulfill my desire. And I spent three years saving the money uh, to do it. I had a little bit of corporate um, like partners on what that's a small amount of money in comparison to how much it costs. Um, and yeah, and so I set off to the Himalaya. I hadn't climbed at altitude, hadn't even put crampons on for three years. And there I was uh, on Everest with just one climbing Sherpa, just us two, that was it. And um, I just realized at the time, like I was going too slow because I hadn't had the training uh, that I normally would in the year, you know, guiding at high altitude uh, to make the summit without additional oxygen. And so I decided, and with a lot of tears, because I was heartbroken, that I would go to the summit, but I would use oxygen. So I had to find it. <laughs> I didn't have any. I had to find it in the base camp. I had to ask people if I could buy their bottles off them. Um, I didn't want to waste my money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I actually summited. Uh, however, I summited in a storm. It was very tough and um, extreme. I don't know yeah, how to describe it. But when I came back from that expedition, again, I felt depressed, believe it or not. Like at the time, I felt like I had failed. Like I know this sounds perhaps a little crazy to people, uh, but my actual goal was to climb Everest without oxygen and to have failed in my whole goal um, was heartbreaking. Hmm. 
Incredible. It is incredible. I know everyone else is like, why? You've actually climbed Everest. That's so amazing. But that's what it's about. And we're all very unique in what we actually set as the goal. And if your goal is, no, I want to do it with no oxygen, it's important for you for whatever those reasons are. Uh, And then therefore, that's how you measure your success, right? And so although you were successful, you're saying, actually, I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be because that wasn't my full goal. Is that correct? And yeah, and you know, like now looking back, because hindsight's always, you can't have hindsight without having hindsight, right? (laughs) But in hindsight, I understand like that whole journey was a lesson. And I understand, like, I have been on, um, like, lots of 8,000-meter uh, expeditions. Some I have failed. Uh, some I have won. <laughs> in, like, I'm only playing against myself. Um, yeah. But, you know, some I have been proud of. And, and I guess over time, like, I've become more proud of my efforts uh, for sure. Uh, changing the whole way of thinking to everything that happens is a lesson. So now I'm here today, you know, as a 47-year-old menopausal woman who is ready to take on this project finally in all aspects of her life. Yeah. You're an all-in kind of woman and seriously, never say never to a 47-year-old menopausal woman who says, this is my dream, this is my <laughs> this is my moment, I'm going to do it. I love the way you are seriously one of the freakiest athletes I've ever met and, and interviewed. I love it. It's kind of like, no, I couldn't afford the oxygen. No, I couldn't afford all the other things that actually come and people not might not realise that, that a lot of people who do these mountain, mountains have got incredible infrastructure behind them. They've got support crew, they've got chefs, they've got big paying sponsors and that doesn't devalue their incredible achievements but when you actually look at what Ali has done uh, that she just goes off and does her own thing does her own training takes one Sherpa with her and then goes and summits in a storm and then has to just yeah pretty much sort of go oh has it can anyone lend me some oxygen uh you are seriously a <laughs> unique human being <laughs> and um, one to be revered and respected I'd love to change tones a little bit and and then just tell the listeners what's something interesting or funny or quirky about you that might surprise those people listening into uh, this woman. Instead of you just going, wow, amazing, what makes Ali Ali? <sighs> it's a hard one because I change, like, I do actually change every day as a person. And the things I focus on each day can be different. Um, and I, I guess I could like perhaps talk about what I'm focusing on at the moment. And um, I don't know if that's quirky or not, but I do meditate and that's very important to me. Um, it has become a practice that I do every morning and every night and I will be doing it on the mountain also just to uh, come to my center and be able to make the best decisions that I can make in my life. So I don't know if that's quirky. That's not really funny, um, but that's what I've gotten right now. <laughs> I remember doing an outdoor mountaineering course with you and you told me that you live, you did Everest on lollies and um, and pancake That's mixture. true. That's true, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, good point. 
Thank you for reminding like, me. Wow, I thought yes. you'd be like, oh, I've got this amazing. I remember my story. Um, fangirling you and I was a tent buddy once which was just hilarious other backstory and then I'm like yeah. I went home and went, wow this woman said she just ate lollies and and lived on this crazy diet and I'm like well I that did. was amazing <laughs> yeah I, I pretty much climbed Everest on chocolate I ate chocolate on the mountains uh, and and lollies and at base camp pretty much all I ate were banana pancakes with Nutella on top I love it. So it shows us that you've just got to do what you've got to do. You've got to tap into your body, yeah. listen to your body and go, you know what, it's not always about doing the perfect. It's about what's going to get you yeah. through this time. What do you crave? What do you need? And you know what, make it your Yeah, life. like I could say I need to have this amazing athlete diet, right? Yeah. And, and for sure I try to have that food at home, like organic, mm. vegetables, grass-fed meat, sustainable organic products all the best things that money can buy um because i do love my body it's my temple however um i need to adapt like because there's not that option there so essentially um whatever i i can get my hands on like i'm going to pakistan right <laughs> like i just need to fill the body with whatever i need so um well with energy i should say yeah you do all the hard work and you do all the training but when you're actually in the moment it's like permission to do whatever you want you know that's i think that's important for people to know that you don't have to be that 100 percent every single moment it's it's the preparation and the training and the yeah. stepping up every day when people aren't watching, you know, rain, hail or shine and being consistent in what you're doing and focused. And then when you're actually there, if you suddenly want whatever, go for it. It's amazing. Yeah, correct. And consistency is the key, like in the training and the preparation. Um, you know, I have two workouts to do soon. <laughs> so yeah, consistency is the key. And uh, like you say, like when we're at the height of whatever our project is and you know we're getting on with it and we're in it like it's okay you don't have to be perfect yeah you don't have to be perfect exactly you just got to adapt and do what you've got to do mm. I think there's a huge part of being flexible and adapting to the environment, particularly in in your world, that you're going to have to be changing to weather conditions, uh, climate changes at all times regularly. Uh, and so you certainly need to be flexible. You've tapped into the word menopausal and you've described yourself as, you know, perimenopausal. And I've certainly just been through that stage myself. What have been the yeah. biggest challenges for you? Here you are a supreme athlete. You've got these massive goals. You're just about to embark on it. And then you were also saying, you know, actually, Actually, you know, this is a, a stage of women's life that it can be really challenging. What have been the challenges to you and how do you then turn that time of menopause into saying, you know what, I'm going to make it my menopeak. I love that saying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to just say that when menopause hit me, I thought my career was over. Uh, I just thought that I was going to be hanging up the ice axes for the rest of my life. And... Um, it hit like a freight train for me. Like I know every woman has their own menopause journey, uh, but I had no idea it would be so full on. And uh, for me, I was on the more extreme end of symptoms. 
Um, so in terms of like, you know, waking up five, like I, I normally sleep all through the night, but I was waking up like five times to completely awake, dripping in sweat, like saturating the sheets, brain fog. Someone would talk about a cute dog and I would start crying. Um, I couldn't control my emotions. My, my joints were aching. Uh, rock climbing became so painful. I wasn't recovering. I would eat a cucumber and put on fat. Uh, I couldn't grow muscle. This is just a few things, okay? I don't want to put people off, but it's the truth. And thankfully, on this journey of seeing doctors and what, like trying to get help, I came across Wellfem, uh, which is a online group of doctors that uh, women in Australia can get help from because their whole um, they're trained in menopause because actually menopause like as a topic in a doctor's journey is I think a few hours yeah of their degree yeah and so not many doctors know what to do and I was put on to um, a hormone replacement replacement therapy so I use a gel um estrogen gel and i take a uh tablet for progesterone every day after a month i started to get rid of all the big symptoms but over a year i am now putting on uh, muscle i am the strongest i've been since i can even remember my body is i would say at least 10 years younger wow and I and I know my body can do this project. So it's a huge change. If your body is a powerhouse, like if you're healthy and you feel good in your body, it changes your whole life. It cha- you, it changes your mindset. It's like it's like the number one thing in your life. If you think about you know being sick and you're in hospital, what can you do? All other aspects of your life are affected, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, health is everything, right? Absolutely, health, health. is. Yes, <laughs> and like, do we want to? Yeah, like, do we want to? Um, I, when I say when I say like menopause, I mean like pause, menopause. <laughs> do we want to pause and have this freight train hit us? And, and potentially stop our whole life and dreams and goals, or do we want to menopeak hmm. and start our life like again almost with being wiser, right? <laughs> because we've learned like a lot of lessons to get to where we are today hmm. at our age and have a new dream, a bigger dream, a bigger goal, right? Absolutely right. I absolutely love it. And I'm so there with you that, you you know, it, although, you know, some of the symptoms can be, can be really confronting and really traumatic and we've all got our own experiences of that, it is a moment to pause. It is a p- time to pause and actually go, okay, well, this is a stage of life. And with every stage of life, it's a stage of transition. It's a, it's a choice to then lean into that next stage and think, what could I do in this next stage that I 
have never done before or that I've always dreamed of that I, I always had excuses or maybe I've, you know, now freed up in a bit more time and I can now use this opportunity to, um, you know, seize the moment get myself fit, start a new company, you know, do whatever you're wanting to do, have a side passion. I absolutely love it. I just see women, particularly in their early 50s, just going crazy on success yes. because they've picked up, as you've said, Ali, so many life skills and expertise, learnings that they go, oh, my gosh, once they switch their mindset on, they are unstoppable. Which brings me to my next question to you. What do you lie awake dreaming of now you're not lying awake with pools of sweat you're dreaming of achieving achieving your goals right you've got the most exciting project but what does it actually look look like for you you know are you picturing yourself on these summits are you picturing yourself doing the hard work what goes through your mindset so that we can tap into it with you It's an awesome question because it is so important to visualize your dream finished, <laughs> whatever it is, and into the future. And I do spend a lot of time visualizing. It's not just visualizing, actually. It's visualizing and feeling what it feels like to be that person. So I have visualized uh, the entire project, standing on the summit, hugging my friends, um, getting a bottle of champagne and like pouring it all over myself and that kind of thing. But more than that, uh, what I take a lot of time to visualize is how that will impact other people. Mm. So. It's not all about me because actually my purpose is to inspire others. So in terms of that visualization, I am visualizing standing on big stages. I'm visualizing people being able to lift people's spirits that they hear what I say and they feel a spark inside themselves or they feel uplifted in some way mm. and that is what I visualize and I know the power of words and I'm filming the project also as a documentary so yeah I feel um, my visualizations are the two things the two things that are me and my purpose mm. Beautifully articulated. I, I can imagine that. It, it must be like what it's like to be an Olympian, that you actually visualise, you know, being on the podium, visualise doing that race over and over again and, and all the, the, the joy and the energy and the excitement of, of getting to that goal because you have to believe it to achieve it, right? There's a real foundational Correct. element of mindset. And receive. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you don't believe it's possible, then you'll do all this work and you'll be hopeful, but hopeful doesn't achieve the dream, right? Totally. No. totally. So you must yes, have to dig deep so in a lot of your mindset. Do you have specific people, books, ways of, of um, delving into other thought leaders to help you on this journey to actually have that belief that it is possible? Yeah, and that's a really good question too. And I do have a coach. <laughs> I have four uh, coaches 
So I have uh, two coaches in terms of my body and my physical training. I have one business strategy coach and I have a transformational life coach. And the transformational life coach is truly the foundation because no matter how uh, fit I am and how, uh, I guess, like, um, Oh, like how how much uh, how many partners I have on board my project? When I'm on the mountain, if my mindset set is not right, I may as well throw all of that other training in the bin. Mm. So the transformational coach that I have is honestly one of the most important people in my team yeah which is fascinating for people to think about and that's right isn't it because you're alone on that mountain ultimately and uh and there will be those moments of of extreme challenge and disappointment and frustration and you know you might get sick you could have an accident not that we're wishing on anything hopefully you'll be beautifully healthy and and you'll have blue sky all the way but life is ebbs and flows and and that's right well you have to be so mentally strong uh, to be able to achieve what you're trying to do uh that is such an interesting thought. So thank you for sharing that. So tell us then, you mentioned earlier in this show that you went into a real low when you first discovered hiking and, uh, and, and adventuring and you knew what you wanted to do. And it was a very long time ago that you had this dream to do the 14 summits uh, without yeah. oxygen. Well, but it, takes, <laughs> it takes money. It takes sponsors. And that's often the thing that uh, any athletes um, and, or, uh, you know, artists really in different areas uh, don't realise that and they might not necessarily have the business sense or business skills, expertise, uh, credentials behind them, that they just want to climb that mountain. They just want to do what they want to do, but it takes money. And so therefore in that well would have been that reality check of, oh my gosh, Ali Pepper is a brand. I have to grow the Ali Pepper yeah. brand. I have to yeah. show sponsors why I'm worth investing in, that they have to get a return of investment on, on myself while I'm trying to achieve my goal. And I'm assuming because you're now going to be on the mountains for the next two to three years, that's going to require, I know, and I want you to tell us about your GoFundMe page because we definitely yeah. want to get people around the world supporting you to be able to achieve this dream it's so amazing mm -hmm. um, but also as well as telling us about the GoFundMe tell me about what you had to learn about becoming a brand in your own right yeah like a lot <laughs> and I'm still learning and thankfully I have a coach <laughs> because I'm not an expert in everything and the thing is I'm an expert in mountaineering but I'm not an ex like I'm not an expert marketing person. I'm not an expert manager, sports manager. But it's taking the things that I am an expert in and building with other people that are experts in the other things. Mm. And I guess in terms of me as a brand, like. The mindset coaching has helped a lot for me to understand my value and how I can give back 
And once I, I guess, like, understand my value, like, there's only one Ali Pepper, there's only one Annie, Annie Gibbons, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one of us. <laughs> and I feel that's the whole key is, like, understanding who you are. Once you understand who you are, then you understand what your true value is, right? Mm-hmm. And then your partner's can see also the value you bring to them. Mm. Yeah. Being 100% you. And so there's a lot of self-searching and discovery of actually knowing that. What are your values? What do you represent? What message are you showing um, while you're out on the mountain? Why do you want to visualise yourself being on those stages so that you can empower and, and encourage you know, particularly young girls, but anyone around the world to chase their dreams, um, to believe that that is possible, to believe that, you know, if you if you loved something at, at whether you were five or 23, learning that it's your new thing, uh, that you want them to chase that. And so you're wanting to therefore align with brands who, who respect that and value that. So it's not only just uh, can you support me financially, but, but you have to know what you stand for with total clarity so that you attract the right partners who obviously yeah. also want to, you know, sell their mountaineering equipment and, and so forth, but they'll all be very different. So it is, it's a very challenging um, area and uh, one that I'm sure that you have learned so much along the way. Um, <laughs> so I've got a viewer question. And so let's just hear from our viewer. Hi, Annie. Can you ask Ali Pepper how she does to stay motivated to keep climbing mountains when she has climbed the biggest one, Everest? Thank you for the beautiful question. And I'm going to answer it by saying that uh, it's my passion. So mountaineering is my passion. And for me, when I combine my passion, which is mountaineering, with my purpose, which is to inspire people and to lift them up and um, help them to be a better version of themselves, that becomes powerful. And for me, that is what my whole life is about. Mm. Beautiful. I hope that helps you, beautiful viewer. Now, Ali, I know that you obviously have corporate partners who are wanting to sponsor you, encourage you, support you through this incredible journey. But I also know that there is opportunity for those of us who are watching this uh, TV show and thinking, oh, my gosh, I would love to be part of that journey to support Ali Pepper. I want to visualise that my few um, dollars of support are actually helping her be able to climb that next mountain and to make this dream come true over the next couple of years so how can they do that oh thank you annie and it really means a lot to me when someone even if they donate whatever they donate 20 cents five dollars but their donation comes through maybe they put their name maybe they put anonymous but i just feel the love that they give to know that they support me on my journey and it's very much appreciated 
So if they go to my website, alipepper.com, uh, on that homepage, they'll find my GoFundMe link. If they go to my Instagram account, which is Ali Pepper Adventures, they'll click on Linktree, they'll find the GoFundMe, uh, and they'll also find my Garmin InReach uh, link there. And what people can do while I'm on my journey and while I'm climbing my mountains is click on that link and see where I am because it has live tracking, uh, which is super exciting. People can follow me climbing up on summit day. They can even click on that link and send a message to me on the mountain, like good luck on your summit attempt tonight or whatever it is. And, and they can know that I will get that message, uh, yeah. which is so yeah. beautiful. So there's so many ways people can help me on my journey. Oh, I absolutely love that. I wish my kids were younger because that's exactly the same sort of journey that I would have done as a parent to say, hey, let's all watch Ali, support her financially, but also watch her and send messages to her. It's just like an Olympian. It's this moment to say, yes, you know, you can do that because I know there'll be times that you'll be out of range and then suddenly it'll come in and then you'll get those messages and they're the messages that really just give you that oh. extra boost and go, I'm doing it for John and Jenny and and you know yes, and like, exactly. people around the world who are believing in me oh my goodness thank you so definitely jump on to alipepper.com all the details for her gofundme are there i'll also obviously have all of her details on her instagram uh, available in my show recording notes for you so um, i think that is just the best opportunity that we can all be part of your journey over the next couple of couple of years and you'll just feel us all cheering you on thank you what i would love you to do now is just to close the show by giving us some top tips to help others with their future success we all want to achieve success in our own way on our own terms we measure it differently but what's the one thing that our viewers could do today that you believe would help them on their future success journey The one thing I'm going to share is to be vulnerable. Mm. And I know that sounds like, why is that important? But it's the really the only way that we can show our authentic selves. And I feel it's like the quickest way for uh, making a connection with all the people around you. And in business, it's all about connections, right? Mm. So the more you can share about yourself, the quicker it is to make a connection. Mm. That is such a great concept and so true, isn't it? Often we just think I've got to be the best. It's, it's a solo um, thing. Whereas what you've shared today is it seriously takes a village to get Ali Pepper where she is. It, it takes a village for all of us to actually show up as our best self. And then, but with that means that you've got to be vulnerable, don't you? You've got to actually say, I'm not very good at that, or I need my, your help in, or expertise in this area, or I need you to give me feedback, even if it hurts. Uh, there's so yeah. many to that vulnerability which is a challenge because particularly those of you watching who are perfectionists going oh, I don't feel comfortable when I I let other people into my space I want to guard it I want to protect it and it's really scary so if you're watching and listening in thinking you know that's right that's easier said than done it is 
vulnerability is hard. It's a hard lesson, right? Yeah. Uh, but once, so <laughs> once you go, oh, my gosh, permission to just be me, to be with yeah. all my flaws and quirks and amazingness and, and whatever that recipe is to be Ali or to be Annie or to be you, our beautiful listeners, uh, it is so important that other people will be your complement They'll be part of the beautiful package and that helps you ultimately rise to the next level. And that's what we're all about talking about on this show, Women's Biz Global. It's actually saying, you know, well, how do you reach your full potential by actually letting your guard down, by letting others come in on your journey to enjoy and celebrate all of those moments with them and to, to yeah, to, to grab a... a the joy of having a bigger bigger tribe uh, around you and uh, yeah. so much reward there and um, I'm sure that's been hard. You would have been quite a solo operator at the early, at, in the early days and I imagine yes. that has been a huge learning curve for you, Ali. Yes, I've had, I have done everything on my own. <laughs> yeah, but it's so much more fun. And um, <laughs> to have this big project, like, it's not possible. It's not possible. Hmm. So to have the people on board that I need is invaluable. And don't be afraid to ask for help, you know, because the people often are all there. It's yeah. You not, not saying yes. I can do it. Don't worry. Like, I can do it. I can do it. Why? Like why, you know, when there's experts out there that it could take you like a year to learn something, but there's a person that you could pay a certain amount of money, which I am, because they're the expert in that field. But then you get to rise to the next level and achieve the goal. Yes. Or if you said no, you're robbing yourself. That's what it takes. (laughs) That's what it takes. I don't know that many you know, CEOs or uh, people that are doing extreme things, including in sports, that don't have coaches. Oh, you've got to have a coach. Like, obviously, I'm going to say that as I am a coach to many women around the world. But I I tell you what, you know, all of us, you know, all of us need a coach. You all want to have someone who has more. Even coaches have coaches. Even (laughs) coaches have coaches absolutely you should and you should want that I you know my view is I always want to be the weakest link in the room I want to be learning and growing from people who've um, had incredible experiences that I can you know I can sometimes replicate sometimes I can learn from them or learn from their failings and their wisdom and then think oh gee I won't won't do that now I'll try something in a different way Uh, it will really be uh, the best piece of advice you're going to learn today listeners is to seriously be vulnerable invite other people into your world invite the right people into your world those who actually are on your team on your side big fans big supporters but also are true and honest and have the right uh, knowledge skill and expertise wow you'll know who they are you'll know who they are because they love you and they want to help you and you'll know who they are yeah i promise that Oh, my goodness. We could talk all day, but unfortunately we're out of time. Please thank uh, Ali Pepper for joining me on our show today, everybody. Woohoo!
<laughs> I've absolutely loved having you here today. Uh, for those of you watching in around the world, tell your friends to join us next week where I get to interview another amazing guest. All of the guests on Women's Biz Global will inspire and empower and motivate you to achieve your big dreams in your own way, in your own time. And that's what we're all about, supporting and celebrating women around the globe to strive for more. Uh, much love to you all. Bye for now.